This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick a League Podcast, episode 320, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy members like you. How's your life a cycle compared to your next rival? A 59 revival, a thousand five survival, then disregard unthinkable, and me like me, unthinkable. Hello, welcome 
to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 320. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. I thought his name was iFanboy. <laughs> Hi, iFanboy speaking. We are iFanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one they read that week. We, they write about the website. We talk about the podcast along with other books of the week, other topics of interest. It's all good, clean comic fun. Uh, before we get to the show, a quick reminder and a warning. It's, re- it's going to be a review show. We're going to talk about plot points and spoilers. So if you haven't read your books or haven't read them yet, pause the show. Come back when you're done. It'll be happy fun times for all if you do. This week, Ron. Yes. Your pick of the week was this week. I had to pick of the week? You oh, did. I we did. prepared for this. I did. Um, yes. No. So this week, um, I, I, you know, I, I love the weeks where it's a matter of inches. Where um, I've got a, bu- a couple of books that are that are options for pick of the week, and then you know, and I really got to sit there and I got to look at them and, and see, okay, which one really stuck out to me? Which one really kind of did I, did I um, you know, really enjoy? And ultimately, um, under the guise of a fill-in issue, uh, Animal Man number six uh, was able to admittedly take a gimmick. And, you know, and again, take a fill-in issue, which generally tends to, in the industry, get looked down upon somewhat. Like, oh, it's a fill-in issue, or whenever the artist changes, or that not sort of thing. Not by Connor. Yeah. Not no, by- not by me. I love those issues. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, and it's funny, because it's like, you know, and I talked about it a little bit on the review, on the, on, uh, which you can go to ifanboy.com and read. Um, you know, there different publishers and even different creative teams and different um, editors take different approach to the concept of a fill-in issue. Like, we've, it's pretty much, you know, pretty much accepted now that, that a artist can't do a monthly ongoing, much less a uh, an ongoing of a title that ships twice a month. Um, you know, we've heard Gabe Hardman complain a lot about it, that wow. his Hulk run getting broken up. And, and but, listen, Mark Bagley's not complaining, right? No, true. Yeah, <laughs> but they're they're it's a rare breed these days. Um, and so the the notion of a fill in issue or a rotating artist, or and we've seen Marvel, which honestly I think Marvel handles the issue pretty well by having um, uh, an artist come on for an arc. So they might have three ar- the next three arcs being worked on at the same time, which I think is pretty clever. Like saying, okay, the, this artist is going to be on this arc, then the next arc, then the next arc. It's it's different than I think what we're used to, than yeah. what we think of, because you know I think for people, they may not know why, but the grant that you know the the gold standard is is Jack and Stan for hundred and was it five issues of yeah. Fantastic well, no, Four? I mean, hundred isn't Bagley though. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, but but that's what I'm saying. But that's but that's what they were trying to beat. Yeah. So it goes back to well, this is what you want to do. You want to have that thing, and well, we that, don't it's that, it's live that, in that it's, world. Yeah, it's that storied, legendary run of you know whether it's Jack Kirkman. and yeah, if it's if it's you know Jack and Stan on Fantastic Four, or if it's Claremont and Byrne on X Men, or if it's Kirkman and Adlard on Walking Dead, or Kirkman and and Otley, Although they've had fill-in issues on Invincible, like Corey Walker yeah, have, comes back yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, you know, but like the, those days just don't really exist anymore. I mean, you know, aside, you know, like the Bendis Bagley thing was a wasn't a was a unique thing he's in a, and of itself. He's too, a and that robot. Was, yeah, I know it's crazy, <laughs> but um, so so it's a harsh reality. And so so what you've got, you know, like we talked we talked a little bit about it recently. Um, you know how you know the, uh, Hickman on the Ultimates had Brandon Peterson come in to fill in uh, for you know for Isad Rubik, and it it, it kind of took away from it. Uh, Wonder Woman recently, you know, you, you fall in love with Cliff Chang's art, and then anybody else is a little bit of a disappointment. Um, and it's it's a the tough swamp thing this week. Also, I mean, a lot of the yep. big books at DC have a regular. Regularly scheduled fill-in artist on them. Yeah, exactly. And another thing, and and Swamp Thing, you know, and we'll talk about it later in the show. But Swamp Thing was was generally well regarded this week, even though it was a different artist. And I think what they do there is by having a complementary artist come on board, where you know, uh, you know, where it's it's you know, not uh, uh, not obnoxiously not Yannick Paquette. You know, right? But um, <laughs> but so, uh, so. <laughs> that's a great. 
not he's 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 not <laughs> Marco Rudy is not obnoxiously not Yannick Paquette. That's a good that's a good out quote. Put that on the cover. <laughs> um, I was recently I was I, I was recently talking to somebody about another book about an, a, a run on a certain book, and I described it as it was enjoyable enjoyable to read, but ultimately forgettable. <laughs> I said, "Oh, there's your out quote." <laughs> that's that's, a, that's the Watchmen movie. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so um, so Animal Man. Getting back to the pick of the week, Animal Man number six comes along, and you know, and I, I was just thinking. <laughs> Stop. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only really good use of a double negative I've ever heard. <laughs> Leave it to me. Leave it to me. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Animal, Animal Man number six comes along, and it's funny because, like, with issue five, I was actually thinking, and I don't read, I don't read the solicits. You know, what I mean, like, I, 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 I don't read the comics. I don't, I don't read. The, I don't read these comics. No, no, I don't look at the solicits very closely. I just, I, I pre-order the books I, I subscribe to, and I, because I like to be surprised, you know. And at issue five of Animal Man, I actually had the thought to myself, man, I'm loving Travel Foreman, but I wonder, you know, he's he's been consistent on all these five issues. I wonder if he's going to need a break or what they're going to do about that and sure enough you know here comes issue number six and this is technically the fill-in issue but what they did was again continuing the cleverness that i don't know if it was jeff lemire's idea or who's to do it but um going back to issue number one of animal man remember it opened up with that text interview that we at the time were like, this is crazy. It's opening with a text page, um, and it was an inter- it was a mock interview with uh, Buddy Baker, who was Animal Man, uh, about his career. And in it, it's revealed that you know, in addition to being Animal Man and a superhero, Buddy Baker also was an actor and had been in an ind- independent film and that sort of thing. And it gave you a little more context of the character and his background. Well, issue number six revisits that concept, and when you open the issue. Um, basically what they did was had John uh, Paul Leon, who is fantastic in his own right, come on board and illustrate the movie. Or part of the movie. Well, part of the movie, yeah. But that's what, when the when the issue starts, it starts with the opening credits, and we see, you know, you know, what is it, <laughs> Lyra Max films, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's Buddy Baker in the movie called Tights. And what you get is you you see Buddy Baker acting as a down in his luck ex superhero who's trying to you know make right you know by his son and his life and dons his costume again and then gets the the shit kicked out of him very in a very kick ass kind of style kind of mode. Um, and as I'm reading it, I just I was like, oh, I love this because it's like it's contextually relevant to the character. It's a different artist, so we know that something different's going on. But then it just and really what put it over the top for me is the pick of the week. As the issue continued, um, just very subtly. Um, one of the panels just gets interrupted, and there's text over it with, that says "buffering 97%." Please wait. And with that, in the, and you see some pixel boxes. And with that one panel, you realize, oh wait a minute, this is someone watching this movie. And you get a hint that you get a hint that okay, something else is up. And then you get a couple more pages, and then a panel goes black, and we see battery low. Please charge. And utilizing the page turn, which the only it's something that can only happen in comics, we turn the page, and boom, we're back to Travel Foreman, and we realize that it's uh, Buddy Baker, Animal Man's son with the bad mullet, watching the movie on his uh, take hand- that bad word right out of there, sir. <laughs> but anyway, he's he's watching the movie on his handheld device. And that is, and and it takes us right back into the story, and and I thought this was such a clever way to handle the fill-in issue, and it was done so elegantly, and it was done, to, you know, to kind of really enrich my connection with the character. Um, and I love Jean-Paul Leon. I thought he did a great job of illustrating it. I thought Lemire showed, you know, continues to show gr- great writing chops by basically writing a movie. You know, you know, really sucked. I wanted to see the rest of this story. Yeah. Um, so and that, well, that that's the interesting thing I think yeah. is that a the movie wasn't that good. It wasn't supposed to. Right. Like, 
Like it was a little silly. And and as you're you're reading it, but you then you forgot what book you were reading. You're yeah. like, oh, now I'm with this story. And and I think the timing of the buffer and then the yeah. the other thing where like they like you were in it for a while before that buffer thing happened. Yep. And you kind of were like, that was weird. But then you forgot about it. And, and it was it was really interesting. And and. And it did. Like I was like, I was like, I'm ready to keep watching this. Yeah, totally. For no reason. And the really interesting thing about that is, you know, it's one of those story rules that you have to move the story forward all the time. Yeah. No, you don't though. But that's. I, mean, that's, I, well, that's... I, I know. I'm saying that's one of the rules. And and according to that rule, this doesn't work. But it did. So See, I don't think it's a rule, even a rule because comics thrive and survive on meandering and. And some of the best comics of all time are the stories that meander to the side. I mean, we took a six-month break of Preacher to go backwards and tell a story from the past. I mean, that's yep. just the way comics work. But that contributed to what happened later. Right, which so is what this was, did, too. I mean, it's, we, we don't know that. We don't know how. Well, it, it contributes to the, the characters interacting. Why is, why is the son watching that movie and not telling his father about it? There's yeah. going to be a reason for it. I mean, there's all of these things exist for a reason. And, and the idea that the train always has to move forward is a fallacy. It, it always I, it meanders to different, in different directions. I'm saying that. Yeah. Yeah. He's agreeing. I'm not with you. disagreeing with you. I know. I'm just right. saying. I just don't think it's a rule. But yeah. go ahead. But but what what I what I did like about it was that it, they could have very easily just had John Paul Leone do all 20 pages and just t- do that movie. But by having the last couple of pages with Travel Foreman and bringing us back into the active story that we're in, it reminds us of what's been going on and that oh wait okay this is what's happening okay now something more you know now we're going to go to the next chapter. Um, I just thought it was just done really elegantly and it was just a really great way to handle what generally can be seen as a um, as a uh, as a frowned upon kind of like you know oh a throwaway issue or anything like that um I, you know it's a it's a good way similar to how you know my last pick of the week was the shade which is the same thing where James Robinson uses those times past stories to be the little buffer in between arcs or in between artists um it, you know so I want to tip my hat to Jeff Lemire and to the travel foreman and the rest of the team John Paulion and the editor I don't even know who's editing this book um uh, to uh, Joey Cavalieri the editor because uh, it just it, it was a way to make this kind of this this you know this moment in time really enriching for me as the reader. So um, that's why I got my pick of the week. I dug it. We're barreling quickly towards the crossover. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So and great cover by Travel Foreman, by the way. Yeah. No, there was nothing I didn't love about this issue. Yeah, it was fantastic. So yeah, so that was my pick of the week. Um, but then uh, coming in real close was a couple other books. Um, and Josh, I think I saw you on Twitter praise Venom. Yeah. Why is that unusual? Yeah. Well, well, no, you have I've been liked, enjoying. You I've, have been enjoying I've, it. I, I have. I've been liking it all along. It's but I thought, very... I, th- I thought, I thought on the eve of this uh, four-part crossover with Ghost Rider, Hulk, and X twenty-three, this would be the this would be the number one thing to to knock you out of it. I thought that might be the case as well. Yeah. Uh, and because it is dressed up uh, like it's one of those other non-event events that we are constantly getting, which is a way to get you to buy more books and whatever, but. Really, the the thing that you pull the pin out of that at any time, and it's it's by making it really good and and fun. And as I kept going through it, a it does not hurt that Tony Moore draws this. It does not hurt one bit. Uh, as I kept going through it, you know, like it was, I was like, this is fun. Yeah. Like I'm, I found myself interested despite myself almost. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I do, I do got to admit that this is some of the, probably some of the best Tony Moore I've seen in a while. Yeah, like, I was really, yeah. really impressed with the art on this. Like he drew, he drew his ass off on this. I, I love his Hulk because uh-huh. it's kind of yeah. Frankenstein-y, but it's also not. Like I really liked it. I don't know. I mean, I know this is gonna be. It's just like this didn't feel like a Marvel comic book. Interesting. And in a in a good way, like it had all the people there and all the pieces and whatever. It just didn't feel like everything else. It felt like something different. The villain didn't feel like a Marvel comics villain. Yeah. 
it was you know like a big demon this this could be you know they're marvel characters but this could be you know just any sort of book from somewhere else like it but you know x23 that does not sound promising or you know lady ghost rider yeah like all that stuff it, it shouldn't have worked but like i read through it and it just it had that that joie de vivre we'll yep. call it that uh that rick and tony have when they work together i did and this I, is i did like the yeah. the reveal of the the um um uh the analog villains at the end with the, with the evangelist and X six six six. Yeah, <laughs> that made me laugh. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, I thought this was a great way to start off the month of Venom. Yeah, and which I should guy. mention. Apparently, the the Venom twenty celebrating twenty four years of Venom. Mm-hmm. It got back. I remember a couple of weeks ago when I, we were making fun yeah. of that. Apparently, that's uh, editor Steve Wacker's uh, uh, kind of uh, making fun of the f- uh, celebrating fifty years of Spider Man that's going on over Amazing Spider Man. Um, mm-hmm. so it's still, I got to laugh, but still, yeah, it was, it was fun for us. So yeah. I don't really, you know, I'm <laughs> exactly. cool. I'm cool. So Josh, uh, you going to continue on with the whole crossover thing and everything. It's, it's sketchy. Cause they're, like, they're not all, like, if it was all the same team, I'd be totally down for it. But well, it's so just, like, a bunch every, of different people. every week in February, you get, uh, next issue is Rob Williams and Lee Garbett. And then the week after that is Rob Williams and Santa Takeda. And then the week after that is Jeff Parker and Julie, Julian Totino Tedesco. And then after that is Remender and Land Medina. I can't say that all of that excites me. <laughs> but then Venom number fourteen, Rick Remender and Tony Moore. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I I'll, I'll give it a shot. If it, if it loses momentum, so be it. Yeah, um, the, the, it's it's this is a tough pill to swallow. I mean, the, the four, you know six a six issue cross a six issue event in a weekly format. It's, mm-hmm. it's maddening almost. But are you gonna? Sounds like you will. Yeah, no, I will. But um. <laughs> Um, I, I know where you're coming from, though, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did like the, the, the villain in the beginning with the devil lock. That was kind of awesome. Like, can you just imagine, like, watching a movie? It's a, you know, it's got however, you know, five parts to it, and, and, and it's the same story, but, like, the first part is amazing, and it's shot by a wonderful cinematographer and a great screenwriter, and then they just switch people on the second one, yeah. and then the third one. Like, it's, it, and it doesn't look as good the next time. Yeah, like it, that's it. That's weird. That's a weird thing to do in stories that that comics do. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's tough. I know why. Right. Um. But yeah. But as as a first part of a story, I, I thought it was I thought it was wonderful, and yeah. I, and I, I do hope that people check it out because you know it could the whole thing could be a big fun thing. Yeah. So um uh so another book that almost got picked of the week that came really really close and I've been meaning to talk about it for a while but was uh, Dark Horse Presents number eight. Um, now, am I the am I the only one? I assume I'm the only one paying eight bucks of, um, uh, every two months for this. In the those. whole world, which is funny. No, I'm not. Not in the whole world. There's a bunch of people. Which yeah, is funny because I'm not even a big Dark Horse fan. I, I got the first couple, but yeah. then yeah. it started to get like I think it ran smack into the new D, the new fifty two. Yeah, and I was like, I'm buying a lot more books now. So some things got cut. I think right. that was one of the things. Well, cut. it's interesting because I, I wanted to call it out because because first off, this, this uh, and I, Josh, I'm surprised. Cause I thought you would have gotten it because there's a BPRD story yeah. by Mignola and Arcudi that and for Fergre- and Fergredo that um, supposedly you know is, is directly tied into the whole Hellboy lexicon. Um, so I thought I, you would have been. All I've over really it. been enjoying reading all of the BPRD stuff later. Yeah. I mean, like so, with this stuff, I kind of figure I don't really want to pay for a whole issue full of stuff that's half of what I want and half of what I don't. When I know that the really good stuff is going to end up getting collected later, right? right. I know it, right. and, and I know that that's a little mercenary. But like an eight dollar issue, and let's be honest, you you're not going to. I mean, there's going to be bits of it that you don't like. Yeah, and that, but the the, thi- the reason why I'm kind of liking it is because in terms of a 
in term, like like they because Dark Horse presents, you know, they they've had a lot of some false starts over the past ten years with it, and they were doing stuff on MySpace and all that sort of stuff. But while you know, I'm sorry, on where? <laughs> while it is, you know, while while it is, you know, eight dollars, it's you know. I'm, I actually really like it because it's you know it's well over eighty pages of content. It's printed on really nice heavy stock paper, really heavy good cover. Um, and I was looking at I was looking at the the rundown of creators and you know Mignola, Chaikin. Uh, there's a Beast of Burden story from Evan Dorkin and Jill Thompson. Uh, Brian Woods' new story, The Massive, is in it. You know Jeff Darrow. That's, ex- that's know, actually why I almost read it. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just there was just so much goodness packed into it. Unfortunately, there was one story that just sucked ass, and so that kind of tear, tore it all down. But other than that one story. It's like it's a good like you get a good chunk of comics for your money, and it's like I kind of a part of me kind of roots for it, but then at the same time, I, you know, Connor, I understand the point of where you know you might not really like if you're not into Chaykin or if you're not into Neil Adams the way I am, or if you're not. No, into, I mean, I am, know, but I just yeah. you know you can't buy everything. Right? No, exactly. Um, no, I understand. Yeah, no. and I get to the point where you start seeing eight bucks, and you think, well, geez, maybe I would rather have a trade that's a longer form story of something. Yeah, and that's just because yeah. I like reading that kind of thing better. Yeah. Like instead of channel flipping, which yep. it's fine that some people like it. Yeah, I don't know. I dig it. I I, I don't know. Just it's just in in this world of, so of not what was good then. Not many. Um, well, no. The the Hellboy story was good, even though I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, the Beast of Burden. I mean, Beast of Burden was great. I love the Chaykin story. I love the Neil Adams story. Um, you know, just because they're crazy and, and all that fun stuff. But um, you know, and I actually really did. I um, I did enjoy. I really liked the artist on the Brian Wood, the massive um, C- uh, Christian Donaldson. Um, really mm-hmm. nice. I mean, like, and totally a Brian Wood style artist. You know, clean. You know, kind of clean lines. I could, I could totally see um, like a DMZ story by this artist. But um, uh, really engaging. And like now, I'm like excited for the next next volume to see what the next chapter is. That's the, that's one thing kind of annoys me. Is like I would like to see this as like a series. Um, but it, is it not going to be? It's just going to be in here. I think they're going to just do it in here and then collect it as a trade. I think. I'm right. Not, yeah. And, so. And there you go. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway. But it was interesting. So. All right. But that was Dark Horse uh, Presents. I did not finish Winter Soldier number one. Why really? Not? Why not? I'm sick of it. I thought it was the best Brubeck I read in a while. I thought it was. Yeah. I, I was really impressed by Butch Guys. No, the, it looked it looked all right. It was I, like I, like I was a little skeptical when when Brubaker when he was doing the press thing and he's saying that 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 Geist was taking a different direction and doing it doesn't look like anything he's done before. This like the the scenes of um of Black Widow and and Bucky at night when they're like the like the really kind of uh, almost painted kind of pa- uh, panels. Those those were really really good. I'm I've just I've had enough. It went from being my it's just the long slow burn of it going from being my favorite thing a really long time ago. And I just – I don't – I couldn't even tell you if it got good anymore. But just, so, so you didn't finish the issue? No. So you didn't get to the uh, – to the, to, the, to, to the giant ape with the machine gun? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yelling death, death to America. Ye- yelling death to America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might want to – I, 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 I didn't love it, but it was, it was the best, most engaging Brubaker stuff I've read in a long time. Yeah, you might want to pick it back up just for the gorilla. Other than no, well, here's the thing. Like at this point, like I've read enough – of of Ed Brubaker, Captain America slash Winter Soldier stories that I don't love, that are okay, that are not as good as it was, and I just I'm moving on from it, and I'm cool with that, and and you know it was a great thing for twenty five to fifty issues, and then since then it's not as much yeah. for me. Well, that's sad. No, I'm sad. You bummed me out. No, don't because that first chunk, that first omnibus, especially of Captain America, that's huge to me, and that doesn't go away. Yeah. I'm fine. I have that book, and I still think that they're wonderful. Right. Um, I just, I, you know, it's it's like that that band's been playing the same. It's social distortion. 
Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, you're right. It's the same fucking album over and over and over and over and over again. The same four chords, basically. And I, I got it's enough. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you, Mike Ness. You did wonderful. I, I don't want to listen anymore. <laughs> That's well, going to get letters. Well, it's a what t- is the ape from from the Commandy story in Wednesday Comics? The yeah. machine gun. He was happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love. I love. Get him a jetpack. We're on, we're on board. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a jetpack. I love the the Red Ghost. Anytime the Red Ghost is involved with that awful haircut. Now I will say that that, that it, there was some bizarrely um, conspicuous photo referencing in which guys art this time. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, in the uh, when they were looking at the old photographs of the guy they were chasing, it was clearly James Gandolfini, and uh, his wife was 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 uh, Katie, Katie Siegel. But oh, yeah. other than that. I saw that too. Like, oh like, yeah. yeah, oh I see. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Which is not normal for Butch Geist's art, from what I've seen before. Um, he used true. a bunch of different styles in this issue, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, sorry, I didn't you, love it, love it, but I, I did enjoy it quite a bit you, more than I thought I would. Are you gonna stick with it or? For now, yeah. 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 Right. Cool. So, um, so Uncanny X Force number twenty-one, um, Remender Takini doing the uh, doing the other world story. This was great. Of course, I loved it because I love it. But it was just great to see uh, for those not f- who haven't read a lot, or to see Remender really stretch his legs with the Nightcrawler from Age of Apocalypse. I yeah, but I think overall, this I think this this, this particular art hasn't been very enjoyable for me. Um, the only I feel like the only it's not the art which is very controversial, which I enjoy, but it's 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 really out there. Yeah. Um, and it's not that it's confusing. It's just it, there's nothing grounding this story. Um, for me, at the moment, I know there's we didn't really get much fallout from the last story arc, in which a lot of important things happened. We just right. sort of jumped right into this one. Yeah, it did. It did. And, it did. It did uh, have a, a fast velocity in terms of diving right into this world. It, seems, it, was, it almost it, seems like the fallout's happening in Wolverine and the X Men, and not in this, not in this story. Which I think it is. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Um, uh. And you know. You're a big Captain Britain fan, so I yeah. No, this is like, like this is like Captain Britain porn for me. I mean, this is like I'm I'm loving the, the other world okay. stuff. And, okay, okay, yeah. just don't talk about Captain Britain porn anymore. But but, um, but no, no, it was really fun. It was funny is that I was thinking about it as I was reading it because this had a lot. Like I said, had a lot of Nightcrawler and actually had a lot. I thought I had a lot of Dare, uh, not Daredevil, uh, Deadpool, mm-hmm. and like you know. Deadpool's actually entertaining in this book. Deadpool has been my favorite part of this series. Yeah, yeah. By the way, and the thing is, the character work is all great. He writes these characters wonderfully. It's just the setting, the situation there, and I don't find I can latch into as much as I have the rest. Yeah, of when you say something to me like Age of Apocalypse, Nightcrawler's coming up, I just I don't. I've well, never no, read no, Age no, of but, but, that was that was part of the great story that we just ended. But yeah. yeah. But that, and, just, and the, the point I'm making with that is that's a character who you don't really know a lot about, so we haven't really actually seen him, you know, mm-hmm. kind of how is he different from Nightcrawler, who's dead, the 616 Nightcrawler, and I thought this was a great opportunity, to, and, and Rick really stretched his legs on showing us what that character is like and how he's much more aggressive, much more of a man of action, had a pretty badass, you know, kind of action sequence um, in terms of, you know, in, in, with the whole battle, and then, how you know, it, this, this was the issue where anybody who is a casual X-Men fan who knows of Nightcrawler will now get a better sense of, okay, this isn't the Nightcrawler I'm used to. This is a different guy, um, and I think that's interesting. You know, so it is for a casual X Men fan. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's harder but, to latch onto if you're not. Yeah, no, I think, I, I, and I guess I, I guess I'm a casual X Men. I mean, I, that part was interesting. It's again, yeah. it's it's the the world these characters are in. This giant war that's going on with yeah. the Captain Britain Corps against all these this, these other creatures, now, which I don't really care well, about. No, but, yeah, now now, admittedly, in in, in in that discussion point, like I don't know what this war is either. Right, you know, what I mean, like this is—it's not like there's been some other world comic going on with, you know, like. No, no, there, no I'm not saying you. Yeah, I'm saying I yeah. just haven't. I don't. I don't. I haven't found my way into the story. Yeah, yeah I don't. Like, 
care about the stakes of what's happening. Right. Which um, yeah, which which I, which I can understand that. I totally can see that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I um I, I don't know. I just I enjoyed the action, <laughs> and I thought the um what was it the uh, the uh, beginning part with Phantom X with the needles with the thing coming down on them. That was that was creepy. Creepy. It, for some reason, it made me think of um of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. But um, you know, it's it's just it was good, but it wasn't as great as it's been, which is fine. You're allowed to have some issues that aren't as great. Yeah, you, you that's are. what happens in serialized storytelling. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. But um, but I do I I do love the Tokini. I do like the, I do like his stuff. It's definitely out there. Um, and you know, seeing Deadpool gets get stuck in the head with a sword um, was was pretty funny. I that's the thing that just gets me about it. It's just like I can't believe like I it's you know now we're 21 issues in. It's a year and a half later. I'm like I look forward to the Deadpool parts. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think it's only been like six months. Yeah, <laughs> and then she just came out while we were talking about. It. There's another one. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we're gonna need eight scripts for the three writer, three artists. Oh, how he's doing it? Like. It's insane. It's insane. I'll be curious to see how this because this is a four issue arc, and so I'll be curious to see how this all t- a ties back to the stuff that we just saw and how they get them back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this also feeds a little bit into not not really that much, but just with the Captain Britain stuff, but into Secret Avengers. So I'm curious to see how it all, you know, where it's going, basically. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, after the past year, I, I you know re, you know Remender gets a um, you know like he's earned he's earned the the go with it kind of feel. There's certainly a flair and an excitement to his writing that that is somewhat unique to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking that while reading this issue, as, as, as much as I wasn't latched onto the story, the characters, the way he writes the characters is certainly exciting, yeah. and it's th- something I'm not finding in, in most other Marvel books at the moment. Yeah, this actually- Ron, what is the going rate on the just going with it status that that Rick enjoys? Does he do you pay? Or is it a thing? We, I'm kidding. Well, no, I mean, like it's a certain. Well, no, it's a certain amount of. Um, no, don't, don't you believe that that is, like how many yeah, no. how many issues or whatever oh, yeah. does a creator or you know in terms of you know like you know you've enjoyed their stuff before you enjoy what's been going on with the it's title the the Greg Rucka phenomena yeah exactly exactly and it's and it's three to four issues yeah is that what it is for me yeah. for me yeah everybody's got their own thing yeah. but I have a, I have a lot easier time dropping off. Than, than a lot of comic book readers do. Yeah, you turn tail at the first sign of any sort. Of I I have I have no loyalty compunction too. Yeah, there's a couple. I'm, <laughs> I mean, like like you've really got to earn it. Like Hellblazer, I probably wouldn't try. There'd be BRD or something like that. But everything else, yeah, <laughs> you've got no lo- no loyalty, none. <laughs> All right, so so you're probably the ideal customer for digital comics. I buy what I want when I want it, and only as much as I want. Don't don't try to hook me into your schema, Ron. Remind me not to go into a heist situation with Josh. Yeah, exactly. I'll turn on him right now. Give, give me a deal. I fanboy is part of the Graphically family, which is a uh, which is a great source of digital comics. If you are looking for comics to read on your phone or your tablet or your computer, uh, Graphically.com has got everything you need. Uh, tons of publishers, over 300 publishers, such as uh, uh, Top Cow and Image Comics and Boom Studios and IDW and Top Shelf, Arkea. 
um, and many, many more, including some great creator-owned stuff and great new indie stuff. Like we just uh, featured this past week on iFanboy a great indie book called Planetoid um, uh, by Ken Garing, which is gorgeous. R- really gorgeous science fiction book. Um, definitely, if you didn't check that out, you should check it out, and you can get it on Graphly for just three bucks. Um, and it's a really great way to help support independent creators like that. Um, Graphly's got uh, applications for iOS, Android, like I said, the web. Uh, you can read them on Facebook as well. You go to um, go to Facebook pages like on Top Cow or Graphly. Facebook page or um, Arkea is using it and a whole, a whole bunch of other publishers are using it. You, you can go enjoy your comics wherever you want to. Um, and additionally, you can get comics in d- new and different ways. If you have an iPad, you can go on the newsstand. You can subscribe to The Walking Dead or Invincible or um, uh, a bunch of other titles. Hackslash is on there. Um, the, the Darkness and Witchblade from Top Cow. Cool stuff that you can get straight directly delivered to your iPad. Um, as well as if you've got a Barnes & Noble Nook um, or Amazon Kindle Fire, you can get great books from Top Shelf and from Arkea and uh, Image and stuff like that in graphic novel format uh so it's really really cool go to graphically.com check it all out and follow them on twitter.com slash graphically so has black and invincible showed up yet next issue next, next issue next that, that's the big moment this issue ended with black invincible coming finally because uh, i think it'd have been funnier if they just forgot about it yeah <laughs> that was really I think curious funny if why they just switched and they never they, explained why they teased that at wondercon last year you know? Get headlines. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Should Kirkman's be... a smart boy. Uh, Otley was back to inking this one, which yeah. uh, was quite a challenge since it was all in space. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of ink. ink. It's a yeah. lot of ink. A lot of. You know what they were on this issue though? A lot of words. There were a lot, a lot of words. It was a lot of people standing, well, or whatever they do in space when they float upright. There was, there was definitely the two moments that you're supposed to see happen. But so, you know, so basically, it's, it's, you know, the standoff in space is, uh, what's his name with the guy with the eye, Alan. A- Alan. Alan wants Alan the to, alien. Alan wants to um, shoot a, a virus into the Earth's atmosphere that will kill the Vultramites um, that are on Earth, and Invisible's trying to stop them. And there were two moments that I, that I think were what Kirkman wanted us to feel, but where. Where, um, where Oliver grabs the the virus and and him and Invincible are fighting over it in the sky, and they're just like, no, don't you know what's gonna happen? Like you know right. it's gonna break apart, and it's like, ah. Oh. And then also when the Guardians of the Globe showed up, and it's like, no, go away. Like and the big fight broke out. It's yeah. like, <laughs> which I think th- these are all emotions that he wants us to have. Like I don't, you know, like, so. But you're not having them, is what you're saying? No, I totally had them. I totally. Oh, I, okay. re- I, I was like hook, line, and sinker with it. As soon as all the all the Guardians of the Globe showed up, I'm like, oh, they're just gonna make a mess of things. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I got really into it. I don't know why I found that funny. You're a funny guy, Ron. You know that. Thanks. But um, <laughs> no, but it's it's consistently consistently good, and, and it just you know it's 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 tough because it's the be- it's it's one of the best superhero books around, and it just it's like I don't know what else to say about it, and that's good. You should be reading it, you know. But you're shitty at this job. I know. Apparently, I am. Yeah. <laughs> this this week, Justice League International number six came out, and at first, I was kind of like, didn't we just do this particular story? But then. As the issue went on, because the story begins with with Booster being, uh, you know, sort of unsure of himself, and Batman reassuring him, and then the team sort of hanging out, and it felt kind of repetitive. But then in the middle, we got some good questions answered about why Godiva acts so bizarre. Yep. At first, I thought it was just bad writing on on Jurgens's part that he wrote her so overly sexualized, and but now that apparently there's a reason for that, which is it's a secret. And then the end, I thought was really compelling in that the the Justice League finally gets you and. You win sanction, and they have a big press conference, and they they show themselves in this big, sort of Avengers esque reveal, and then somebody blows them up. Yep. So, um, how did you feel about the Jurgens breakdowns and the guest penciler Marco Castelio art? Um, it was okay. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't feeling it. 
It wasn't good or bad. It just I, it did its job. Yeah, to me, it was the it was the example of uh, you know the antithesis of what we talked about with Animal Man, where they yeah. kept the story going with the guest penciler, and it's like you could see you could see hints of Jurgens in because of the yeah. breakdowns, but like but then the the inconsistency in the pencils from from uh, Castillo was just like I was like oh uh, so. yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, this book for me never had spectacular art to begin with. Yeah, sure. It, yeah, it, yeah. The, it already did its job, so this is just more that does its job. Yeah, most of really DC comics, more. we're yeah. doing our job. Yeah, so which is fine, but I, th- I thought the story got more compelling as it went on, which is good. Yeah, so um, uh, Avengers <laughs> X Sanction uh. number three. Um, this can't be over soon enough. I wanted to call out <laughs> one specific thing to show. I, I, now I don't know if it's on purpose by Jeff Loeb, but I have to think so because he knows what he's doing. But part of uh, part of the, the storytelling device for this issue is that he keeps slipping between the present with Cable taking down the Avengers and either the past or the future of where we're getting more information as to what, why he's doing it. And the, they just they, they handle that with just a little box in the left corner of the page. It says time slide, which is Cable's way of traveling through time, and then it says where they are. So, like, for example, there's a big opening fight with Cable and the Hulk in the present day, and then uh, it shifts and it says time slide, the far future, and it's Cable and Blacksmith, and the, the, the coloring changes to like a pale blue, and you get the sense that we're not of this time. Okay? So that, that's, that's fairly standard kind of comic book storytelling. Um, they, they, then they go back to the present, some stuff happens, and then they, they time slide to the past, except it says time slide 12 or 50 hours ago. <laughs> And I read the rest of the issue looking for some sort of like, well, clearly that's done on purpose. It's going to refer to something. But no, there's no reference to that. It's just eh, 12 or 50 hours ago. <laughs> Maybe it's a joke. It's insanity. It's insanity. That's what it is. Um, yeah, and this continues to just to be painful. So, <laughs> so why are you reading it? Because it's fascinating. Fascinatingly painful. You are. <laughs> like on the one hand, like I just – I want you to stop just on principle. On the other hand, like – you are who you are. And on the third hand, because it's a mutant, I, I want to hear you do this every time. <laughs> exactly. It's oddly compelling, right? If you, and if you're willing to pay for and spend the time to read it for that, like I'm trying to become okay with that. <laughs> well, the thing is I need to read it to know what's going to go into AVX and all this. Uh, like I'm- no, you don't. <laughs> no, but I do. <laughs> I am the, I am the one who's killing comics. I am their bread and butter. <laughs> Thank you for helping maintain the absolute status quo. I like I like the banner on the cover where it says two months till AVX and above it in quotes it says it's coming. Why is that in quotes? <laughs> right? That's what some guys said. They, forget, they forgot to attribute it. That's all. It's uh, let's say okay, Betrayal of the Planet of the Apes number four. What a what a lovely piece of, of four issues and just a little bit of comic book joy. That just worked. Yeah. That was good. Apes. Uh, yeah. This issue particularly was really gorgeous. Uh, the uh, flashbacks yeah. to the to the history of man and the violent history of man. It, it, it just looked fan- looked great. Yeah, Hardman and uh, colorist Jordi Belair, whose name, by the way, you're going to become much more familiar with, I think. Uh, you're going to see start to see her a lot more. Uh, it just did a bang up job on, on every page. Uh, it, it had that it had to get a lot done in this issue. Was was probably if there was any criticism to be made from it, they had to pack a lot in to finish it because it it's starting to feel like four issues is it's hard to do a whole story in four issues. Yeah. You know if it's got any sort of meat to it, but uh, they accomplished it. And um, you know besides that, it's uh, it's impressive that there's a bunch of ape characters and and you could tell the difference between all of them. That's that's not a small thing. 
that's harder than just you know some dude right because <laughs> all because all apes look the same is that what you're saying well fellas. <laughs> what are you an apist <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> fuck those guys put them in camps <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, now we're going to get a follow-up because there's more story to tell. Yeah. So yeah, that's no. good. That's the exciting part. The game's not drawing it, but Jordy's so, coloring it. Yeah. And he likes it. That's who's not, who's I'm drawing not, it again? Who's drawing it? I, I don't know the name. Oh. I don't know the name. It's a new person. But the, I, I, but the, you just said it's defeated. You're like, I don't know. I felt that. bad. Just That's why. I, I was just Is like, it the oh, ape? Is there an ape drawing it? Apes do not draw. They do not have guns and they do not draw. I know these are rules. Damn dirty apes. So, all right, so Action Comics number six. Um, I think I think I think uh, Grant lost me. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was a, there was a, there was a lot of Legion in this. A lot of Legion. As soon as I saw I, I, as soon as I, I saw thought, Legion, I went, oh god. I thought I missed it. I thought I missed an issue. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, wait, what happened? Yeah. I don't I don't know what's going on and and uh, yeah I come on. I think that. That they should have stuck to the promise of the first couple of issues of this book. Yeah, and that was the, what the compelling thing was: was brash young Superman in a T-shirt. I was all in for that story. Yep. And and, and the when did Flash, we move? When did we move from it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I like the backup story in this better than the main story. I did like the backup story quite a bit. Yeah, yeah I, I like. I'm cool with it. I want to see this, these young Clark stories. That's interesting. I want to see they sort of explain where he got his 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 f the man attitude. I I, I want that, and and I'm I don't get that in the front anymore. I'm getting something else. Right. Um, and it's I just think it's too early. You establish this thing. We're six issues in. Don't go from it now. There is still so much to do. I mean, that's I, that was their plan from the beginning. Was just the first arc to be that, and then the second arc to be back in the present. Which I, you know, the same thing as Justice League. I think that's that was a mistake. I think the, the really compelling thing people found about this new reboot was this, the different Superman. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's not even a real reboot. Yeah. It's just. Well, like, he's, he's still he's still different in this present. I know, but, but but not was, not as compellingly as he was in the t-shirt and jeans and the, the sort of socialist I, angry attitude. I could have read that for a year. I yeah. I really would have been fine with that. And I there, well, it just that, I think that, that that's the whole problem with the whole with what DC's doing editorially is that they're not letting anything breathe or they're not letting I mean there are very few exceptions but here but breathe, like, if, you, if you breathe you get fired. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So you get fired and then Rob Liefeld replaces you. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm dropping it with this issue. I got, I, just, I, got, I, just, I got. I mean, he's Giffen here. He's ready to take this book. <laughs> it's just, it's well, just. Too, see how many books is he doing? It's just too much. It's too much. I mean, me not being a Superman fan, it just it's not enough to hold me on to it. It's not it doesn't you know All Star Superman that didn't even hold on to me. I, it was uh, when I read it later on where I grabbed it. So I think I'm done. So I tried. You're, I gave you're a weirdo. I gave it six you're, months. You're gonna have a fill in artist. Kubert's not a bad way to go. No, but I didn't like. The, I didn't think the art was good in this issue. No, the art I, wasn't good. I don't think Kubert's very I, good anymore. I, I I don't know what happened to him. I was, think that was the overall thing I took from this issue, not the story. It was at some point Adam Kubert became the best Kubert. Yeah, Andy Kubert's uh, really obviously of the, of the of the sons, not of Joe. But so, so, I don't know what's happened to Andy Kubert. He used to be a, he used to be a, like a top tier guy, and this was, this issue was all over the place. I don't know if he had. I don't know if he only had a little bit of time to draw it or what. But I don't want to. I don't want to harp on this too more. But did either of you have any idea what was going on in this? No. Yeah, I mean, Superman, I mean, I was. Superman and Legion were fighting fighting this guy who was who who f- was a shapeshifter, 
uh, he was I trying no to spoil idea. the past. They were they were in the past. He was trying to go back there and spoil the past. They had they had to keep the timeline intact. It was fairly yeah. straightforward story wise. Says you, buddy. <laughs> Crazy. And I just opened it. A page fell out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's trying to kill itself. Yeah. So <laughs> it's trying to jump ship. So those are the books that came out this week um, that we enjoyed or didn't enjoy, That we, the ones that we read that we wanted to talk about. You go to ifanboy.com slash comics where you can see all the books that came out every week, and you can go and you can add books to your pull list, and you can rate and review them, and you can also say what book was your pick of the week. And we want to highlight the top five picks of the week from the iFanboy community, and coming in at number five uh, this week was Winter Soldier number one, uh, the debut issue, got 6.7% of the picks. That was Josh's pick of the week, right? Uh, it was not. Yeah. <laughs> number four was Lock and Key Clockworks. Number four with six point eight percent, and none of us read that in issues, right? Yeah, I, I, I feel bad curious. about. it I wish I would read it this because everybody liked it. I'm yeah, reading the books. Did. So number three was the Amazing Spider-Man number six seventy nine, ten point three percent. That was the concluding issue, the little two part fun story that I really enjoyed. Um, not enough to talk about it though, but I enjoyed it. Uh, number two was Animal Man number six, my pick of the week at twenty one point four percent of the picks of the week. And the number one book, according to the iFanboy community, at the time of recording this podcast, it might change, um, but as of right now, this moment in time, it's Swamp Thing number six with 23%, uh, 23.7% of the picks of the week. With not outrageously not Yannick Paquette art. Yeah, not obnoxiously not. <laughs> it was, oh, it was a very close week. Those yeah. two books were neck and neck for the whole week. Yeah. So. All right, cool. On to the user reviews. Josh, lead us off. Pari says of Fatal number two gives the story a five out of five and the art a four out of five. The pick week percentage is um, 0.2 percent. Not high. The dual timeline of issue one is missing here, which is a shame. Admittedly, it's by no means a new literary device, but it's added an extra layer to the tale I would like to have seen continued here. Maybe after the initial setup, Brubaker will hit us with an alternate current past issues. Time will tell on that one. But bringing the writing to life, Phillips' art complements Brubaker's genre work out with ink pot shadow. There's a lot of hyphens here. <laughs> it's just throwing you off, really. Shadows <laughs> filling panels. The gaps as equally important as the details. The gray-blue palette with flashes of color only strengthens this. Again, it's a trope of the genre. When you're doing a genre book, you've got to tick the boxes. Um, I, I tend to agree. I, was, I read this issue, and I was like, oh, I kind of why, why are we just stuck in the past? I want to see the present. Yeah. I didn't read yeah. it. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> so you didn't even read it? You're talking to two guys who used to be gigantic Ed Brubaker fans. I know. This you, is like Ron, this... if you could take a little trip back in time, first you'd buy a bunch of stock in companies, but second you'd you'd go to old Josh and be like, "There's gonna be a time where you're not even gonna read a Brubaker Phillips book." Yeah, and that old Josh is gonna punch you in the mouth. I know. <laughs> wow. Shocking. I really. I, it's not doing it. Wow. Uh, I right. I read the last one. I tried it. Wow. So are you not even gonna read the series at all? Unless somebody tells me it's amazing. Wow. So, oh, wow. That's, this is a moment in time, people. I just. <laughs> what's, I, and I can already see it. People are like, you were really down on stuff this week, but I, I, I really I wanted to be excited about stuff this week. You know what? This week wasn't, this wasn't an overly exciting week. It wasn't. It was a boring week. And then at the same time, it's just everybody's yammering on about what they think about watching. No, 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 don't say it. No, no, no. Come on. We agreed. We agreed. I know, but I'm just yeah. saying it contributes to a mood. This is a this is this is a safe zone. We're in the we're in the we're in the trust tree, Josh. All right. <laughs> <We're not laughs> 
<laughs> cock balls. <laughs> All right. Uh, next review comes from Closet Squirrel, who reviewed X Factor number 231, gave the story a 3 out of 5, and the art of 4 out of 5, and 2.2% of you made it to the pick of the week. And Closet Squirrel says, X Factor seems to be regaining its momentum. Are we back to the glory days? Not by any stretch of the imagination, but this issue does a great job of rekindling that spark of enjoyment. Here we see Madrox himself playing the role of the dupe, and every death sends him into an essential what-if spinoff. That, uh, this time, it's a what-if Wanda said no more humans, which comes with the awesomeness of a Deathlock Captain America. X Factor has never been a book acclaimed for its art, but Emanuela Lupacino and Gu- Guillermo Ortego keep things rolling along uh, rolling along well and should be co- uh, co- commended for their work here. But as I said, the story is what shines now. Peter David continues to do a great job, and we'll see what X Factor holds in the future, even though he gave the story a 3 out of 5. <laughs> I think he said it should be commented on for their work. Oh, yes, commented on. No, we know what he meant. Yeah, he meant commended. Yeah. Um, no, Maybe he wanted just people to mention it. I think we've discovered why one of the reasons why X Factor still goes along is the cheap labor force on the art ty- on their side. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the art wasn't that bad though. I, I, you I, know, it's I had credit. great artists. Yeah, this this art is actually I actually really enjoyed this issue. And and I, and I haven't read it in a while, but I don't remember. But Pablo no, Romandi there, were, there was, was some good. there was there was some rough. De- no, the Pablo Romandi days were years ago. There, there was, oh, I, I was know. Long, yeah, that was a long time ago. Then it's he said been never. Rough. Yeah, but the 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 art chore is definitely the art assignments have definitely been second tier. That's for sure. But that said, this I enjoyed this one, and um, Cause of Squirrel totally hits the nail on the head that this is basically a what if story. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's you've got Mandrox going through alternate dimensions, which is great. So (laughs) so I'm fine with that. So what happened in all in in the No More Humans world? Uh, basically, uh, no more humans, uh, and Tony Stark has uh, built Iron Man into Sentinels, and they're, it's it's crazy. The world's crazy. Isn't, isn't he a human? Yeah, no, but he's protecting humans from the, the leftover humans from the mutants. Mm-hmm. So. so some humans. There are some humans. Yes, exactly. I see. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but anyway, um, so yeah, so those those are the reviews. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics. You can write your own reviews. Um, and onto the email, we issued a challenge last week, right, Connor? I don't even remember how that, why we did that. Do you remember why? I don't. I don't remember. Last week we said all Toms. We're gonna do an all Toms. Why did we do that? <laughs> I don't know. Because we are stupid. Because we, you know what happened is that I stammered and said Tom by accident. Oh right. And then Josh ran with it and made a joke, and we said we haven't heard from Tom in a while. And Josh was like Tom Jane. I said no, Tom Caters. And we said Tom, write in if you're listening to this, write in. But we didn't specify what Tom. And the irony so, was is that Tom Caters didn't listen. <laughs> so we have an all Tom show for you in the email and voicemail section. The first email wow. comes from, from Tom O'Connor, who says, It's about time the greatness that is Tom is celebrated. And thanks to iFanboy for leading the charge with their all Tom email extravaganza, which was a bit presumptuous because we didn't actually do it at that point. Hey, he took the ball and ran with it. Go. <laughs> to celebrate, here's my list of the top 10 greatest Toms in all of comic book history. Number 10, Tom Fowler. One of these days, I'll get around to reading Mysteriously Unfathomable. Number nine, <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. That just like, one of these days, I'll get around to reading Mysteriously Unfathomable. Unfortunately, sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> nine, Tom Mandrick. His specter was pretty chilly in the 90s. Eight, Tom Grummet, a true workhorse for the last 20 years. Seven, Tommy Monaghan, Hitman. Number six, Tom Strong, Alan Moore's greatest post-Watchman character. Number five, Tom Orzhikowski, arguably the finest letter that I ever lettered. Four... Crap, I think I'm out of Toms. Come on, guys, help me out. There's got to be more Toms I'm missing. Don't put me. Don't make me put Tom Jane on the list, although I suppose I could bend the rules and put Tom, Tomar Ray or Tomax on the list if it came to that. Thanks, Tom O'Connor, Redford, Michigan. <laughs> 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 
what about well, well okay so he's mixing real people and characters which I is, like yeah. that he I like that he ran with it yeah no he did <laughs> he, did, he didn't execute near the end but uh, <laughs> you got six of them down <clears throat> so if you well <laughs> first of all Ron hit the fucking nail on the head Fowler I'm, and I'm not even bullshitting here I think Fowler is one of the best cartoonist comic artists that they're they're working today the guy is is a straight up artistic genius yep. and and it's a it's a it's a it's a damn shame that you didn't read Mysterious the Unfathomable yep. I'm not even joking it it's a wonderful piece of work from Jeff Parker and and Tom Fowler uh, if you're listening out there and you were thinking about it we brought up on a video show once at some point like get that fucking book that is a good book and in there. What uh, about Roy Thomas? Does that count? It oh, totally counts. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Roy uh, Thomas, that counts. I'll give that. Tom what, Jane does count. What about, um, so are we talking characters? Or are we talking real people? Just any Tom. Okay. Tom DeFalco. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Tommy Lee Edwards. Oh, yes. that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Tom Brevoort. Oh, the, <laughs> that's, that's a fairly significant one. Uh, Tom Spurgeon. You. Tom Spurgeon. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Tom Caters. Tom Cater, sure, I'll give him that. Um, there are lots of Toms in comics when you think about it. Um, is there a, is there a, is there a character we're missing named Tom? Well, on the character side of things, um, Tom Brevoort. <laughs> oh, it's not because really of the hat. like a big time superhero named Tom, is there? Yeah, there's no. There isn't. There's no real. Um, Considering how, how Tom, prevalent the name is and how you know I popular believe, it is. Uh, there's from from the unwritten. There's uh, Tommy Taylor. What right. about, what about uh, who's Tommy tomorrow? Is that oh. the Alan Moore thing? No, that was no, that's Tom Strong. No, no, no. There was uh, Tommy something. tomorrow. No, that was tomorrow story. Earth One, Earth One. I'm, I, <clears throat> I'm on Comic DB and it's I got to be. It's got one of those Legion's guy has to be Tom Cowler. Who's Legion? That? Starman. Oh uh, yes, T H O M. T H O M. No, Starman's a better Tom Cowler. It's yeah. better Tom. Yeah, um, yeah. That's he's t- a beard. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just a different way of spelling it. Right. It's Thomas without the ass. It's Thomas Wayne. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. He's significant. It's just and weird. The, there, isn't, in, there isn't like a more high-profile character named Tom. Yeah. In the alternate, uh, in the alternate Flashpoint universe, he's Batman. Yes. Yeah, there you go. I think that's, that, I th- that fills the list. Yeah. I think we covered it. Okay. Whew. All right. Next email. Tom Fox writes in. Hello. Thanks for the site, podcast, and excellent recommendations. I recently bought the Clemente, Roberto Clemente graphic novel for a friend and his son. They loved it. Thanks for recommending it. Questions one, what are the best sports comics out there? Two, any suggestions for new ones? I would buy Ted Williams' USMC fighter pilot best hitter ever graphic novel. If you ever get the science fiction end with the frozen head. <laughs> you even oh, get the wow. science fiction end with the frozen head. Wow, indeed. Uh, and three, I just bought two-pack issues of Bullseye as a pitcher. Any others like this? Thanks again, Tom. <laughs> this is a really specific, that's, that's a, specific genre. <laughs> best sports comics out there. Uh, Gollum's Mighty Swing by, by James Sturm, and he's done other base, old-time, old-timey baseball books. There was a book about Satchel Paige that was really good. Was oh, really? Like OGN. Yeah, yeah, it was what OGN. Was called? Uh, Satchel Paige, yeah. I think. I would read that. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's meant for it's an all ages book. It's it's mm-hmm. but it's it's interesting. So that's for sure. Our buddy, uh, our buddy Vito wrote a book about Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, like, yeah. Book. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. Um, 
So look well, that up. So now in terms of, co- I, I just, I just randomly, I just, I love the internet sometimes. Um, so I just, Amazon actually has a section under their comics and graphic novels for baseball. Really? <laughs> and so the first selection is Hutch, baseball's Fred Hutchison and the legacy of tr- courage. Jeez. <laughs> the, Ooh, Cincinnati, yeah. the Cincinnati Reds pitcher. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fascinating. Look at this. You should get uh, the actual answer. You can then you can read your silly baseball list. Uh, Muhammad Ali versus Superman. Okay. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So this Hutch book was uh, published by McFarland, and uh, yeah, and it's a it's a, a book of courage about uh, Fred Hutchinson. It's a comic book. Yeah, it is a graphic biography of Fred Hutchinson. Yeah, there you go. One Ooh. of baseball's most beloved men. I don't, is he? <laughs> Really? So then, then additionally, then you've also got the New. It looks York- like a senator from Ohio. You, you've got the New Yorker book of baseball cartoons, which was published in '03, which collects all the baseball themed cartoons from the New Yorker. So that's your. Well, you theme. think they, they they don't make any sense? <laughs> it's just a picture of a baseball, a bunch bird, of non sequiturs, and then and then under it just says fencing. It, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird shit. <laughs> and then um, it's, pro- it's not being published right now, but there used to be a line of books called Baseball Superstars, very similar to the rock and roll comics and very similar to the comics that Blue Water puts out today of biographies. And um, they did uh, like they did a book called Nol- Nolan Ryan's Seven No-Hitters. It came out in 1993, which you could find. It's, up, it's here on Amazon. <laughs> it's- Weird. They also, did, they also did a book called Cal Ripken Jr. It's All in the Family. As well as, in 1992, they published what might be one of my favorite comic books of all time, The Ricky Henderson Story. <laughs> Which you know well, that's going to be... Ricky Henderson? It's gonna, it's, it's, Ricky, Ricky Henderson will come to your house and read it. about Ricky Henderson. <laughs> sports is hard in comics Henderson. because it, sports is all about movement. Yep. And, and the one thing comics can't do is movement. Yep. They can suggest movement, but they can't... You know, you can't have movement. Right. So it's tough. And, and often... What you see, you, you'll see a lot. Of baseball show up in, in comics like Marvel, you know, Marvel comics. Spider Man's always running around in a game or something. That often it's hard to portray it in, 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 for comic artists. It often looks very awkward. And there was, there was that issue of Doctor Strange at the baseball game. Oh yes, there was that issue. They were at the Met game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough, but there are there are some good ones. Those those ones we mentioned in the beginning are all are all pretty good. The Clemente's a great one. Yep. Uh, and and Golem's My Swing is good, and so is so is Jackie, uh, Sasha Page. Page. You'd yeah. think there would be more, you know, kind of. Oh, there was that book that. Oh, what was that book? The boxing book that the dude who did um, the image book. Oh, Pug. Oh, by Derek McCullough. Yeah, Derek McCullough. That's who did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like a. I was like a noir crime caper about a boxer. Isn't there? I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a manga that's about soccer. There's a manga about everything. Yeah. But I remember somebody suggested it to me. Ooh, ooh. I got a oh, – Jesus, look at us go. I had uh, – I have somewhere around here a reprint of British comics uh, of like the 1967 World – or 66 World Cup team. I'm trying to remember what it was called, but they sent it to me at one point. There, there's a book about that. It's like British soccer comics. That's a real thing. They exist. Football. Footy, sorry. Footy. Footy. Footy, I mean. Can we, can we talk about Cup, uh, cup Noodle? <laughs> now we can't talk about cup noodles. I'm pretty sure there was a so- there's a soccer manga that some someone re- 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 uh, re- suggested to me saying that I might like it, um, but I don't remember what the title was. So that was great. You were like someone rec- uh, uh, rec- uh, suggested whistle. 
I think I'm looking online now. It looks like there's a book called Whistle. Roy of the Rovers or something like that. Like that's the soccer one. I think it, uh, footy. Uh, we've covered this, I think. <laughs> really, we have. The guy's guy, like, guy, like right home. He's, he's like his pen just ran out of ink. And he's like, all right, shut, slow down. Stop. You're not even giving me real titles. All right. <laughs> this is one angry Tom. All right. So if you – Tom's getting angry. If you have any questions and your name is Tom or really anything else, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, Non-Tom moratorium has been lifted. Yes, exactly. If your name is not Tom, you can write in again. But the Tom fun continues, and this Tom doesn't quite get it. Hey, guys. It's uh, Tom in Redford, Michigan. Tom O on the website. Uh, just got done listening to the new show. Got your guys' message that you wanted me to give you a call. Um, I'm calling, but it doesn't sound like you guys are there, so... Uh, I guess it's on you now, so when you get this message, uh, give me a call. Thanks. Bye. That's the same Tom. <laughs> that is the same Tom who wrote in <laughs> with the top ten list of Toms. <laughs> he, really, six. he really just ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> so. He dominated. He took, he, he took it in his hands, and he said, I'm going to make this about me. <laughs> it's not about you, Tom. It's about us. You gotta Listen, res- that's true. <laughs> I mean, and, and in any one of our minds at any given time, it's specifically about that person. Right. You gotta and re- I want that to be clear. you got to respect that. If so. we've shown anything over the years, it's that this is about us, <laughs> not about you, or the books, or anything else. So if you have any questions, and whether your name is Tom or any other name, you can call us at 188-FANBOYS. It's 188-326-2697. It's not like we're a receptionist. Yeah, we're not calling you back. But anyway, so um, don't miss the uh, podcast that comes out every Monday where we talk about a comic book that's coming out on Wednesday that you absolutely should check out. Um, and this week I'm talking to the aforementioned uh, Rick Remender and Gabriel Hardman about Secret Avengers number 22. Um, both of them, huh? Yeah, I got both of them. Yeah, we're, wow. We're, yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, it was a challenge. Um, Did you ask about Captain Britain? Well, it was a little Captain Britain talk. There was a little Captain Britain talk, I'll be honest. <laughs> now, before we get started, I'm just going to say two words, Captain Britain, go. <laughs> go to ifanboy.com on Monday and you can, download, you can listen to that podcast or you go to iTunes and subscribe to it and download it and, and uh, hear from creators every week for about 15 minutes it's the perfect podcast on uh, Wednesday well, again 10-15 minutes you can check out the Make Comics podcast where I talk to uh, former editor Andy Schmidt uh, who does Comics Experience and we, we t- give you a little tidbit about making comics uh, I've heard that uh, whether, whether you're new at making comics or whether you've been doing it for a while it, it's it's possible it can be valuable. Yes, it can. To you. Uh, and they're, they're a ton of fun. I really like doing them. And you can find that as well as Don't Miss, as well as all this podcast, as well as all the other great stuff over at ifanboy.com. Or you can go to that website and check out my Pick of the Week review. Uh, you check out uh, the on Monday we'll have the uh, Book of the Month review from Josh, I believe. Yep. 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 Very good. So you yep. check that I'm out on very, Monday. You know what? It's funny because you, you're going to look back at it. it uh, I'm not telling you what it is, everybody. But uh, if you look back at what I was saying about the comics this week, about things that, that didn't excite me, no. This book, this book makes me want to stand on a roof and yell. Yep, in awesome. a good way. Cool. Is it Winter Soldier? <laughs> it's, it's the it's the it's the collection of uh, when Bucky was in the Gulag. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's um, just the storyline that just went nowhere. Um, yeah. So yeah, so check out that book of the month review as well as all the great posts and discussion. It was a active week with news of Watchmen and things like Shut that. Up. Ah. So uh, it's definitely uh, definitely a fun place to be throughout your, your work day or school day or whatever. Go when nobody's looking. Go to the website and hit refresh. See what's new. Uh, go to ifanboy.com. Check it all out. 
And you, I'm gonna. Oh, he caught me in the yawn. You ah, go, gotcha. I know it was like you ended too quick. I can't stop. <laughs> uh, go and uh, email us at contact at iFanboy Tom or not, or you can leave us a voicemail at eight 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 Fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven, with any questions or, or comments or things you have. It is not an answering service, though. We there's no one that's going to answer. We're probably not going to call you back. It's there. You're basically like we said. It's about us. You're giving us something to do and to talk about. Let's think about it that way. Otherwise, what the hell are we going to talk to each other about? We ran out in 98. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Finally, if you like the show uh, or, or the Don't Miss show, no, the Don't Miss show is not a separate show, is it? It's yeah. on the same feed. If you like any of our shows, go to iTunes and write a review. It helps people find the show. It helps when they're looking for comic entertainment, they, they'll know it's a good show. It's trusted. Yes. It's people, people trusted. <laughs> Better yet, tell your friends who read comics about it. your comic store people. Anyone else who may or may not know about the Watchmen prequels. Yeah, exactly. Whoa! Whoa! Oh, show! Whoa! Shush! 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 Almost made it. <laughs> so. Oh! All right. Well, we we better stop before we get any deeper. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Did you see that Darwin Cook cover? <laughs> <laughs> Light and unsinkable Make disbelief a 